0: amen and amen and amen if you're still feeling the hangover from a turkey on thursday i pray the lord will give you strength right now to wake up and shake out. come on shake your neighbor next to you and say this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it amen stay standing for a moment stay standing for a moment stay standing for a moment i promise just a moment pastor bethel my father and i were talking at thanksgiving about the reading of the law, the Pentateuch during the time of Nehemiah. Ladies and gentlemen, check us out. The entire congregation of Israel stood for over six hours to hear the reading of the Old Testament law. Over six hours they stood. I promise you I won't do that to you right now. Okay, but if you can stand on me just for a moment to honor the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 3. Before I get into that though, let me just give you my first point for the day, I've got four of them, okay? Four of them. So let you kind of know where I'm at in my message, okay? Number one, I just want to tell you this. Of all the titles that are, are used to describe the character and the nature of our God, there is, there is one that is so extremely simple yet so extremely profound. And, and here's the title that I want you to know of your God today. Our God is a promise keeper, okay? Can you say amen to that? He's a promise keeper it's who he is now with your bibles proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 it says this it starts this way trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding is there anyone else in this room like me that you've you've learned how to trust the lord maybe this didn't come natural you had to learn what it meant to, to trust God. Real, real quick, before I keep going, Tiana, give, give them that video. This, this is how it feels for me when I tell God, I'm ready to trust you, Lord. Anybody else got that testimony? Come on, anybody? Got, oh my God, I'm, I'm learning to, to trust you. All right, give it back to the verses there, Tiana. Verse, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not to your own understanding. Verse 6 in all your ways acknowledge or submit acknowledge him and he will direct your path or he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes but fear the Lord and shun evil. Check this out. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Pastor Olga already read this because I told her to honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Uh, For those of you who don't have a Pentecostal background, you maybe got a little more loose theological background, you love this part here, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 In honor of of Thanksgiving, just a couple days, and in honor of everyone's expanded waistlines from a couple days ago, can you just look at your neighbor and give them my subject for today? Just ask them this question. Ask them, how's your full house doing? How's your, how's your full house doing? Amen. You may be seated today. You may be seated today. Amen. By full house. Can you join me just in showing honor of, to our praise and worship team and, and the ground that they prepared for today for the word to go forward? Amen. Thank God for their lives. They were here as the sun was coming up, trying to get ready. For service today, so thank God for them and their example in leading us in worship. And thank God for, for the 20 year old now, Nadia Nadia Brown, 20 years old, bringing that worship. Come on, girl, <laughs> hallelujah! Reverend Dr. Huntley Brown is in the house today. I honor him. I thank God for that man of God, his life, and his example. Thank you, sir, for raising four awesome women of God. I, I get the blessing of uh, of being a part of your youngest life. She's amazing, thank God for her. And I just want to take a moment here today as we kind of get into this and just say thank you to every one of you, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God. Thank you for, for helping me seek the Lord in, in the season of our ministry. Thank you to everyone who helped Pastor Beto and Miss Vidi make 370 plus phone calls uh, to families that we're going to be reaching here in the next four weeks with Operation Christmas. Pastor Beto shared with me how many different families he got to pray with and, and minister to, just right there over the phone. People who have never been to our church before, but we were able to, to minister. Thank you. Man, can we show some love to, to Pastor Beto and the entire team that has run up their phone bill just to, just to minister to needs? Amen. As I, as, as I get back to my first point here, God is a, a promise keeper. I, I can't help but look at the different titles of God. I do this all the time. The, the ways that he identifies himself, his characteristics and, and his very nature. We see it in the multiple titles of God, but, but in the old covenant, the way he identified himself to Moses was when Moses says, who do I tell the people you are? What, what's the name that I'm to call you? And, and, and God gives him this name Yahweh, the Hebrew Yahweh. Uh, we probably know more of the Latin version of that Hebrew word Jehovah. And so Yahweh, or, or Jehovah, this is, is the name that, that God gives to Moses in that moment. Now, Jehovah, Yahweh, it's actually God's covenant name, okay? Covenant, covenant simply means, obviously, that I, I'm, I'm doing more than cutting a deal with you. This is more than a contract, okay? This is legit. This is for real. This is forever. A, a covenant, so Jehovah becomes God's covenant name, his forever name, if you will, in that sense where God is ultimately saying to us, I'm a Jehovah, I'm a covenant-making God. How do you identify me? Identify me as the covenant-making God. What that ultimately means, the equivalent of Jehovah for us is God looking at you and say, I promise to. I'm a covenant-making God. And in that sense, we understand that Jehovah then becomes a prefix, okay? Uh, a prefix, because the strength of the word Jehovah actually comes from the word behind it. Th- think about it like this. When he is called Jehovah Jireh, that means he promises to meet all of your needs, to be your provision. My Jehovah Jireh. When, when you need peace, he promises to be Jehovah Shalom. I'm a covenant-making God. When, when you're in the middle of a, of a, of a battle, all hell has broken out against you, and you feel like there's there's no way I can, I can win this thing, he promises to be Jehovah Nisi. He will raise a banner to let you know you're already victorious. When when, when you feel all alone and you feel forgotten and, and, and people leave you and people betray you, he promises to be Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. I know they've left, but I'm still here. Do I have anybody that can testify for just a moment? He has kept his covenant, kept his promise time and time again. No matter the situation, I've seen God keep his promise. Jehovah, the covenant keeping God, the promise keeper. As humans, I know that we have the intention, right? Let's call it what it is, an intention to keep our promises. But have you ever really thought about it, that we don't have the ability to keep our promises? Come on. Pastor Beth, I don't know how many people have promised me I'll get to church early, Pastor. Now I'm not here questioning your intention, baby. I'm not. But then your alarm didn't go off. Then the kids are acting crazy. Then the car won't start. Then there was too much traffic at Starbucks, Pastor. And, and, and now I had a good intention to keep my promise, but everything that was beyond my control has hindered my ability to keep my promise. I have good intentions, but I don't have the ability. But I need you to know it's different with God. Because God is not just a covenant-making God. God is a covenant-keeping God. Oh, that's the divine distinction between us and the Almighty. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is immutable. He never changes. This is who he is. So when God makes a promise, he alone has the ability to keep his word. I've got good intentions, Pastor Bethel, but I don't have the ability to keep my promise like God can. What makes him sovereign is that he can override and intervene and overrule anything that gets in the way of him being faithful to his word. Think about a man named Abraham. God promised a man named Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation. When did he promise him this? When Abraham was 75 years old and childless. He promised him, you will be the father of a mighty nation. And it didn't matter what got in the way, God intervened and overruled and ultimately oh, uh, he, 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 got his, he got his way. When, when he promised Moses, you will lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery, the Red Sea got in the way. But guess what? God made a way. When he promised Joshua, you will take these people and you will conquer the promised land. The walls of Jericho stood in the way, but guess what? God made a way and brought those walls down. I don't know, but I've got this sneaking suspicion today. I don't need to talk about anybody else's testimony. I can point right at you and you can say, I didn't know how I was going to get through it, but God made a way. He made the promise, and then he made the way to keep his promise. Why? Because Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. So in order for me to begin to fully embrace this truth, can we just pause for the cause? Now, let's clarify. Not every promise is the same. I'm about to. In Scripture, there are actually two types of promises you'll read about. Number one, conditional promises. And number two, unconditional promises. The distinction is promises with condition are based on what we do it's a promise with the condition if you do this then I'll do this conditional promises but God alone is the only one who can keep promises without condition he alone he really unconditional promises are based on who God is he alone has the ability to keep his promises Have you ever been frustrated with God because you felt like he's not fulfilling his end of a promise? Have you ever been so presumptuous that you begin to question God, God, why aren't you doing your part? And have you ever heard God speak back to your spirit and say, because you haven't done your part? Come on, somebody help me in this place here today. The conditional promises, let me talk on this for a moment. Conditional promises, they can be thought of as this, if, then. If then, 2nd Chronicles chapter 7, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves to pray, right, turn from the wicked ways and seek my face, then, if then, conditional promises. How about when Jesus said in Matthew 6, for if, there's a condition, we, if you forgive men their trespasses, then... Here's the result. Your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, somebody needed this Thursday, Pastor Beto, then neither will your father forgive your trespasses if then promises. How about this one? Jesus shows up to the tomb of a dead man named Lazarus, and he says this to his sisters. Did I not tell you that if you would only believe, then you would see the glory of God? If, then, conditional promises. So here's my third point. God will do the then if you just do the if. Come on, somebody. I feel like God is telling somebody today, if you'll just do your part, I promise you, I will keep my end of the agreements. If you'll be faithful to your word, I promise you, I will step in and nothing can keep me from fulfilling my end of the promise. God is a promise keeper. So if God is a promise keeper, then do you want what he has promised? If then, because the Bible's full of promises, ladies and gentlemen. You just have to learn to claim them for yourself. In fact, I, I, I don't understand, Pastor Beth, why modern Christians don't, don't get this, but when we read the old covenant promises, we try to say those are just for the Jewish people, but then I read the new covenant, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen in Christ. You mean all 39 books of promises for the Jews are yes and amen? It doesn't matter how many promises God has made. Jesus is the yes, and in him we say amen. Thank you, Lord. This is why it is absolutely essential that you get to know this word because you cannot claim what you do not know. I'm trying to. Tiana, give me verse 10 again. Give me verse 10 again of Proverbs 3. Verse 10 again. Verse 9 and 10 give us the conditional promise, right? Honor the Lord with your wealth, first fruits your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflow and your vats will brim over with new wine. So the condition of this promise, this promise of full barns, let's just call it a full house. Full house. The condition of the promise of a full house is contingent on a full heart. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, what do I mean a full heart? Just go back five verses. Give me verse five again, Tiana. Proverbs 3, 5. Here's what I mean by a full heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want a full house, but it starts with a full heart. Trust in the Lord with all, all your hearts. If we, if, And lean not on your own understanding. So if we understand everything that God is doing or if we understand everything that God is not not doing, guess what? We don't need trust. If I can understand everything that God is doing in my life, I don't need trust. No, no. I need trust for the things I don't understand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So trust then becomes essential when understanding Is absent. I don't get it, God. I can't understand it, God. This makes zero sense to me, God. And this is when trust becomes essential because my understanding is not there, but trust must be. Get this. The Bible teaches us to get understanding, but but the verse here, Pastor Bethel, says, don't lean on your own understanding. Okay, get understanding, but don't lean on it. Why shouldn't I lean on my own understanding? Well, you know why. Come on. Because your understanding is inferior. Yeah. God is very clear. We don't think the same way. Our understanding is different. The way we think is, is different. I think, think about how he says this in Isaiah 55, verse 80. he says, My thoughts, see, so we don't think the same way, are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways. Your ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Someone say God's ways are higher. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them God's ways are higher. So your ways are, 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 are not just different than mine, God. Your ways are higher than mine. Understand what I'm saying. We only see today. God's ways are higher. He sees tomorrow. We, we, we only see the hill. God is higher. He sees over. We see to the corner, Pastor Bethel, but God sees what's around the, the corner. We, we, we only see the, 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 the anger and the pain we feel because we got laid off. But God sees a year down the road when the whole company closes down completely. We, we, we only see how they rejected us, but God sees how he was protecting us from future problems. We only see the pain, but God's ways are higher. He sees the purpose in that pain. Verse 6, in all your ways, then acknowledge if I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding, then what I have to begin to learn to do is to acknowledge him in all my ways. Okay, the King James uses the word acknowledge and here's what acknowledge actually means. It, it doesn't just simply mean, I, I see you over there. Reverend Dr. Huntley-Brown, I, I, I notice you. I acknowledge you and your titles. Acknowledge here means to sub, literally to consult God with the intent to submit to God. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Consult me with the intent to submit to me. Here's what God is saying In all your ways, consult. Talk to me. Talk to me with the intention to submit to me. Don't start something without consulting God. Don't quit something without consulting God. Don't build it, don't buy it, don't date it, don't marry it without consulting the almighty God. And for God's sake, don't consult God for confirmation of something you already plan on doing anyway. Because you have no intent to submit to his counsel but if you acknowledge him in all your ways, God promises, I will make your path straight. Can I, can I illustrate this just, just, just real quick? Kristen, can I borrow you for a moment? Just, just, stand, just, stand, just stand right there. Just, just stand right there. Uh, Dale, can I borrow you for a moment, my guy? Let me borrow you for a moment. I want you to just stand, just stand shoulder to shoulder next to each other, okay? Next to each other. Now here's what I'm gonna have you do. Here's what I'm gonna have you do. I'm gonna have you walk To that side of the platform. Just just walk over there. But before you do, before you do, Kristen, I'm going to have you walk in a straight line. Just walk all the way over here. okay? Dale, what you're going to do, my guy, is you're going to walk like this in a circle. okay? That's how I want you to walk. You ready? On your mark. Take your time. Set. Go. Nice and straight. Come on, Dale. Walk in a circle. Let her just walk straight. Let her just walk straight. You walk in your own circle, my God. Don't even worry about her. You just walk in a circle. There you go. There you go. There you go. Walk in a circle. There we go. There we go. Okay, you get it. You get it. Here's what God is trying to tell you here today. If you will learn to acknowledge him in all your ways, you won't be doing any of this. Because so many are walking in circles right now. And this is why you feel so confused. And this is why you feel so lost. And this is why you are struggling. and This is why you are bumping into things along the way. And this is why it's taking longer to get to your destination. God says, the reason it's taking you so long is because you're not acknowledging me in all your ways. So I can't make your way straight. But if you will learn to consult me with the intent to submit to me, I will stop the confusion. I will stop the cycle. I will Stop the problem and I will begin to straighten out your path because I know how to get you there faster. I know how to get you there better. I know how to get you there quicker. Can somebody put your hand together and testify? The moment I stop leaning on my own understanding but I acknowledge him, God made my path straight. (laughs) Tired of watching Christians just walk in confusion. What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How long is this season gonna last? Stop walking in a circle, baby. Begin to acknowledge him, consult him, and then submit to him. And watch how he begins to make your path straight. Oh, you nod your head, yes. But you know how you're about to be walking in a circle as soon as church is done. Come on, somebody. I love this 40 years in the wilderness, Dr. Brown. God is saying today, I'm ready to break those cycles. And I'm ready to set you on a straight path. Whoever this is for, just lift your hands and say, I receive it, Lord. And I'm going to submit so I can walk that straight path. Amen and amen. Look at verse 7 with me. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Has there really ever been a, a more godless and faithless generation that thinks they know better than God, than this one? I talk to Christians all the time. They think they know better than this book right here. It's like, why even call yourself a Christian if you're not even following this book right here? You think you know better than God. Huh. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord. Shun evil. Here's what God is trying to tell us today. Either you submit, or you're going to continue to stress. Either you trust, or you're going to continue to worry. Either you live sanctified and separated unto me or you keep living in sin, but you get to decide. You get to choose. And I'm telling you here today, don't be wise in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord and shun evil. So if you will learn to trust God with your whole heart and lean on on your own understanding, if you will acknowledge him in all your ways, he will make your path straight. If you will will choose to not be wise in your own eyes, but if you will choose to fear the Lord and shun evil then, then, here comes the unconditional part. Check this out. Verse eight, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Can somebody say amen? I don't know what you've been struggling with in your own physical body, in your own mind. I don't know where you feel weak and like you don't have the support and strength that you need. But if you will keep the conditional end, God is gonna show you the unconditional ends. I don't want to lose my amens here because when I get to verse 9, most people get quiet. So please say amen if you agree with the word of God. We'll find out, won't we? Because in verse 9, God demonstrates one of the ways and probably one of the most important ways that we will learn to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Here it is. Ready? Verse 9. Here it is. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I'm ready, Dr. Brown, for somebody to start throwing something. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Here's the time when we start fidgeting and checking our Facebook, right, and, and talking to our neighbor and, and, and acting like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hear this right now. He's going to start preaching about money. It's time for me to ignore him. Honor the Lord. If I'm ever going to, to receive the unconditional part of the promise, I have to uphold the conditional parts. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of your crops. So, our trust in God is revealed by our level of honor towards God. I love this word, honor. I need somebody else who, who understands authority and recognizes that God is worthy to be honored. Someone shout, honor. honor! Honor the Lord! Honor! Honor! What does honor mean? Honor is basically what it equates to high regard. High respect, high value, and we know that honor matters to God because God mentors honor so frequently throughout the whole of the Bible. In fact, look at what Malachi, God says in Malachi 1.6, he says, a son honors his father and a slave honors his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect, says the Lord Almighty? This next part actually is aimed at ministers, at priests. You have shown contempt for my name. God does not like disrespect and dishonor. If that God is telling somebody today, put some respect on my name. I need you to know God is not egotistical. He's not. God does not need my honor. On the contrary, I need to honor God. There's a reason why I call him God. There's a reason why I call him Lord. There's a reason why I call him king. There's a reason why I call him sovereign. There's a reason why I call him holy. there's a reason why I call him heavenly father. So I need to learn to treat him like I call him, Oh, shoot. I'm trying to help a, a democratic generation that only believes that your voice is the only thing that matters. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not the sovereign and you are not the king. I understand we live in a democracy, but he is a God above all gods, a king above all kings, a Lord above all those, and we have to learn to treat him the way we call him. So here's my fourth point, ooh. I already got to point number four. Somebody's rejoicing right now. And I I propose in the form of a question. How many Christians claim that God is the most important person in their life? But we can't even tell by your lifestyle. I thought they were gonna fidget when I was talking about money. Now I'm coming to your front door. Claim God is is above all, in all, through all. He's He's most important to you. But but then I check your Facebook. Thanks for quoting me. But then right after me, why did you say that? Why? Oh oh hey yeah. I'm thankful for that, that scripture you put up there. But that selfie boy was like. Whew. Shame, child. Say, what? Oh, Lord, it's got really quiet. Because maybe there are areas in my life where I claim that God is the most important, but then I realize there's areas of my life, style, where people just can't tell. Maybe what you're doing is you're labeling the relationship in one way, but you're behaving in another. I I, I heard a... Uh, a minister talk about this one time. He's was sharing a story about when he was still dating his wife in college. They, they were, um, they weren't married, obviously. They were, they were dating, and she was on her way to a step party. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, she, she about to go step in. So she's on her way to this party, and, and she calls him, and, and she asks him this. She says, she says this. She says, so what are we? And He's like, well, girl, what you mean, what are we? And she's like, I need to know if I'm taken. What are we? Here's, what she was, here's how he explained it. He said what she was saying was, I need to know what we are so I can behave accordingly. If, if you're not gonna do, you're not gonna get all my attention if you're not gonna give me all of your attention. I feel like God is trying to speak to somebody that He's been calling you for a while and He's asking you, what are we? Can you hear Him in your spirit today? Because you cannot demand the kind of commitment out of God that you are willing to make yourself. What are we? What are we? What are we? So God says this. He says, honor me. Honor me. Here's how you learn to trust the Lord. Honor me with your wealth. I won't harp on your money much longer. There's a reason why every Sunday we stop and pause for a moment and point out the principles in Scripture. You think, oh, here we go, here's the offering again. Oh, Lord. Why do they got to do this? Because every time the Jewish people came before God, they came with the gift and offering to give to God. So every time we get together, we're going to bring a gift and offering back to God. Okay? He says, honor me with your wealth. And then he uses an agricultural term that we are not familiar with because any farmers in the house, that's what I thought. I've been to Farmer Fleet. <laughs> that doesn't make you a farmer. Hello. An agricultural term, he says, "That honor me with the first fruits. So the Jewish people would, would hear this, and they would understand what that means. Here's what happened. They would plant a row, and then what they would do, as soon as that row came up, they would take that first, before they even harvested anything else. They would take that row first, and they would bring it before the Lord, and they would say, this is yours. This row right here is yours. I wouldn't even have the whole field if it wasn't for you. You gave me this first row, so I give it back to you, and I'm trusting you to fill the whole field. It's my first fruits. Yes, I planted it. Yes, I tilled the ground. Yes, I harvested the crops. But guess what, God? I can't make it rain. Yes, you got the degree, yes, you studied hard, but you can't make it rain. Yes, you deserve the promotion because you worked hard on the job, but you can't make it rain. Yes, you put in the highest bid. Yes, that home probably deserves to be yours, but you can't make it rain. Yes, you've loved and you've served and you've given and you poured yourself out, you need to remember this no matter what you've done you can make it rain and I want to hear from somebody that can testify today when I couldn't make the way God made the rain God brought down the mountain God brought down the walls God took out the giants God healed my sick body God restored my broken relationships God brought the blessing I couldn't make it rain but God made the way Can somebody just say, thank you, Lord. Can somebody take a moment and praise him, praise him. God did the things I couldn't do, so I now have what I couldn't have. He made the way. Has God proven himself to be honorable? Then somebody honor him with your wealth? Has he proven himself to be trustworthy and faithful and reliable and dependable? Then trust him with all. Someone holler, all. All your heart. All your heart. Let me wrap this up. Go to verse 10, Tiana. Let me wrap it up here. Everybody say that first word with me. Then. The unconditional part of the conditional promise. If. Then. Then if you will honor me with your wealth and the first fruits of your crops. Then, 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 then. Barns are filled to, can I tell you this? Anybody can have a full barn. Can I tell you that unbelievers have full barns? You don't have to believe in God to have a full barn. But you must trust God with your full heart if you want to have a full house. I'm not just talking about the things that money can buy. I'm talking about the things that you just can't buy anywhere. I'm talking about if you need a full house, then you need a full heart of trust in the Lord. Because God can bring what money can't buy. God can bring peace, God can bring hope, God can bring protection, God can bring blessing. He can do what money cannot buy. And you see this, if I trust in the Lord with my full heart, God says, look, look, if you get the full heart part right, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you get that part right, then I'll give you a full house. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And again, for all the happy drinkers in the house, your vats will be filled to the brim. But new. <laughs> Hallelujah. Probably need to change up our communion, Pastor Beth, though. <laughs> New wine. Whew. What is wine a metaphor for in Scripture? Joy. Wine is a metaphor for a glad heart. God is promising you if, then, if you will get a full heart of trust, then He will fill your life with joy. don 't think it 's true psalms ninety two four for you O Lord, have made me glad by your deeds. I will sing for joy. what at the works of your hands? not what I did. What I couldn't do, what you did, I will sing for joy at the works of you. Nehemiah 810, I was just quoting this a little bit ago. This day is holy to our God, so do not grieve. Do not have sorrow for the joy of the Lord. It's not my joy, it's not the joy I've bought, it's not the joy I'm seeking for. The joy that belongs to God will be my strength. And I said this last Sunday, John fifteen eleven. For these things I have spoken to you, Jesus said that my joy might remain in you. And guess what will happen? Your joy will be like wine filled to the brim. Your joy will overflow. Will be filled to the full. So wine is a metaphor for joy. But can I also tell you what's a metaphor for? It's also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? The Bible tells us they were all in the upper room in one place, one mind, one accord. And then the sound of a rushing mighty wind came from heaven. And the Spirit of God, what does the Bible tell us? Filled the whole House. This is the kind of full house I've been preaching to you for months, ladies and gentlemen. Not that you are full on turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and stuffed with stuffing, and I've got. You know, <laughs> coming out of my nose because I am just so full. I'm not talking about stuffing your mouth. I'm talking about the Spirit of God stuffing your life with everything that He brings. It is a symbol of the Holy Spirit filling your house. Here's what I mean. If you will fill your heart with trust, God will fill your house and your heart to the overflow. With what? Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit. I'm not talking about pumpkin Pie, I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If this is what you're searching for, you need to be full of joy, full of love, full of peace, full of forbearance, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of faithfulness, full of gentleness, full of self control. You've got to know there is no limit, no law to these things. God will fill you to the overflow. It's His promise. Not of a full barn and more wine. No, the overflow of the fruit of His Spirit. Whew. Anybody just need the overflow of the Spirit of God in your life. Come on, I don't just need a little bit. I need to be filled to overflowing. Come up, those hands, real high with you right now. Just throw them up real high. I need to be filled to overflowing, Lord. I need to be filled to overflowing. So what I choose to do today, my choice, if, if I trust in the Lord with all my heart, if I lean not on my own understanding, if in all my ways I acknowledge, remember, I consult God with the intent to submit to God. If I acknowledge him in all my ways, he will direct my path. He will make it straight. If I will honor the Lord with my wealth, honor the Lord, with the first fruits of my life then 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 God will fill my house to overflowing I don't know about you but I need so much more than just money I need love I need to overflow with joy I need to overflow with I don't know about you but I need to overflow with patience I need to overflow with goodness and and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness. I need to overflow with self-control. Come on, somebody, lift your hands and say, Lord, fill me. Fill me to overflowing. This is what my life needs. More than what money can buy. I need to be filled to overflowing. If you'll stand your feet with me right now as I get ready to close out this service. Pastor as you quoted this earlier Dinner offering. I pray you understand, we no longer practice, for the most part, we no longer practice agriculture. But the principles are eternal. And so while you might not have a barn and a vat, more than likely you don't. If you do have a vat, I hope it's, you know, filled with like holy water or something. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't no longer have barns and, and, and vats but we do have a house that the enemy is always trying to destroy, always trying to infiltrate and always trying to possess and always trying to oppress and depress God is saying I want to fill your house to the full I'm not talking about the 80's sitcom I'm talking about your house a full house of his love his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his self-control. I need to be filled. So how do I get to the then, Pastor Beto? It starts all the way back at the if. I want a full house, but it begins with the full heart, trust. In the Lord with all. My heart needs to be filled with trust. Dr. Brown will know this. In 1880, a missionary by the name of Louisa Stead, her husband and her daughter were enjoying a day at the beach in New York. A hymnist by the name of Kenneth Ozbeck describes this major turning point in Louisa Stead's life. He said it this way, while eating their picnic lunch, they suddenly heard cries of help and spotted a drowning boy in the sea. Mr. Stead charged into the water. But as often happens, the struggling boy pulled his rescuer underwater with him, and they both drowned before the terrified eyes of wife and daughter. Out of her, why, God, struggle? And during the ensuing days, she penned these meaningful words from her soul. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord jesus jesus how i trust him how i prove him more and more there's your king james lord huh jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace you know this us are you ready for the full house then lift your hands on me right now and let's begin to submit our hearts to God our full heart to God come on help me right now submit your heart to God come on submit those areas you try to keep hidden somebody you need to submit the bitterness somebody you need to submit the questions submit 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 the pain of the past. Submit the anger you you battle daily. Submit the struggles of your flesh. Submit to God. The unforgiveness in your heart, it's got to be submitted to God because He's ready to fill your heart with forgiveness. The 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 impatience of your heart, submitted to God, because He's ready to fill you with patience overflowing. The 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 literally those moments of 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 bitterness because you've been rejected, because you've been betrayed. God is ready to remove those things and fill your heart with joy and peace today. But it's he can't fill the house until you submit the heart. So Submit your full heart. Trust Him with your full heart. I don't see a way out of this, God, but I trust you. I don't know if I'll ever change God, but I trust if anybody can make me better, you can do it. I don't know if the enemy will keep fighting and attacking, but I trust that you are more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or think. I trust you, Lord, with my whole heart. I trust you, Lord, with our hands raised. God, I thank you that what you are doing right now in this moment is you are helping men and women receive a full house as they submit their full heart. Today is not a day to resist, family. Today is a day of salvation. Submit, submit, submit. And now learn to trust the Lord sure it's a process sure it can be difficult at times but learn to trust the lord i'm looking at living testimonies many women that can say he's done it before i know he'll do it again he's the ever faithful ever dependable ever reliable immutable it means he can't change if he's always been faithful he always will be faithful so i trust you today lord and we pray these things in the mighty name of jesus christ come on if you trust him put your hands together jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust trust it more and more amen